Craggy's Connor Drug Me Podcast. I'm Rob Murphy and Dave has been frustrated with my five takes to start this podcast. But on the sixth take, even Alan and all of you who know him, it takes a lot for Alan to get. Even he got frustrated. How are you, Alan? Uh, yeah, happy with the win. That's all I can say. Yeah, it's my start to this podcast, sum up the performance. Andy, like, I, I waited four questions in the interview that you're going to hear, folks, where I asked Andy Friend what he thought of the performance. Whew, he wasn't impressed. Well, no, but to be honest with you, this really wasn't much. This, this was not about... It's almost like the match was incidental. It was almost incidental. But it was pr- pr- primarily about, you know, we didn't lose. That's the main thing. We got a five-point bonus win. No one's going to care as much about what was happening at the end of the game as the game. It would have been an awful lot worse if Zebra had actually come back. I mean, it was a case you could argue that they could have come back and, and taken, a, taken a win, but they didn't. And then people could focus on what they really all came to say, which is say goodbye to the players. And honestly, this is for the first time I've been going... This was an event where there happened to be a rugby match on rather than this was a rugby match that turned into an event. Interesting stuff. William Davis chatting to uh, Alton Delan. He talked to Owen Masterson. I chatted yeah, to Andy Frank. He, he got a hug off Alton Delan. Yeah. Fair we, play. We all got hugs out there off Owen Masterson as well. I don't know if we want to spend too much time on this game. I'll say no, this, Alan. No. You've done commentaries with me and I think you'll really appreciate that was hard ploughing, that commentary. Oh, well, listen, the in-match stuff, we forgot to do the start. We were 23 minutes in before we did the 20. We just about did half-time. We were 65 minutes to do the 60. I think, because I think it's lost to the ethers now, but I think I spent the longest ever segment of a game where I didn't commentate. Now, it's only possible because of Riffling, but I let one Riffling chat as a scrum go for at least a minute and 40 seconds without talking on a radio commentary, because I was not bothered. Yeah, and, and most of the crowd felt like that. You'll hear William in the thing talking about it. It, it felt, I felt like I was sitting in Lords. There was so much hubbub going on. I almost expected a little pop of champagne corks to, to pop out. It was a permanent halftime. That's what it was. From, from here, it was a... It was the last five minutes where everyone went, if we lose this, it's going to be a bear. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm no different view. I, uh, I started listening to the hurling. <laughs> But I couldn't do that. Of course, I could have just turned up feedback from the You were probably in the, you were the person in the best position to just... I could have done that. But that would have been quite distracting and I was already struggling. I know, I did. I did my best. So we put this game to bed. Here's a few snippets of the in-game and then let's get straight to Andy Frank. He gave us a lot of time out on the pitch. This is after James Heaslip had interviewed and presented to the players who were leaving. A really good ceremony. Lots of atmosphere to that as well. Did you catch any of that? Yeah, I caught some of that. So I'll, if, if it sounds good, I'll leave it in. So, well... Brace yourselves or stay tuned for that, for Andy Friend, and come back to us before we link into the interviews for the lads. Just gone past 23 minutes, William. We forgot to do the start, or I forgot to do the start. We were even a bit late for the 20 minutes action. McConnick lead 10 points to three, and they're getting better as the game goes on. Yeah, they've settled into it a bit now. It has a real end of... uh term feel, end of season feel to it, people in the clan having a few pints and a few coffees and they're chatting away there's a hum of conversation uh, it hasn't really been very uh, good rugby so far, hopefully it'll, it'll pick up a bit, but Connacht when they get inside the 22 look as if they mean business Zebra haven't really threatened uh, so they've just got to keep their concentration but two good tries uh, well worked, some nice passing and you'd expect Connacht to see this see this out pretty comfortably but they, they, they just want to see turn, turn this opportunity into points I think and here we are and that looks like Owen Masterson getting a try on his last game for Connacht because the whole team have just run in to congratulate him so that's wonderful to see Okay, William, half-time score is Connacht 17, Zebra 8, and almost, 
almost like a classic end to a half for Connacht this season. They let a try in, they didn't have to. Yeah, they've switched off a little bit. It's a very odd feel to this game. I mean, it really, as I said, in that 20-minute piece, it's end of season. I suspect they're, they don't have the hairdryer these days in dressing rooms, so but I think there'll be a little bit of a discussion as they need to step it up a bit. If they put a bit of pace to this game, they'll easily beat Zebra. But they, they slacked off a bit there. I think they thought they'd already got the job done. So I'm sure Andy Friend will be encouraging them to get out and actually get the job done. They will indeed. Oh, my God, it's an invasion of mini rugby players onto the pitch. Wow, that's an awesome sight. It really is the last day for me here. I'm on 65 minutes rather than 60. Connacht lead 22 points to eight. The benches have been emptied, and it's a mess of a game. Yeah, it is, really. Um... We, we, the excuse is that we had to deal with a lot of substitutions, and here are Ze- yeah. Zebra are still giving it a bit of a go. Connacht have done all right here. It's just end of season stuff. Oh, oh some superb play from from Zebra there. As they go from their own twenty-two to the Connacht twenty-two. Yeah, they're pulling out the tricks a little bit, I suppose. There's players here, and I want to enjoy their last bit of play for the season. Connacht making the tackles. Um, I think the biggest cheers have been for the players coming on, like Alton Delan, and of course, huge cheer for Owen Masterson coming off. Very emotional for them because this is the final time they'll come out in front of the clan. They'll be getting a presentation later on. Um, and I think a lot of people are here for that, and it's good to see. It's a decent crowd in, um, but there's a funny hubbub of conversation. I think people are kind of waiting for the end. They want to just cheer on these players. Connick still. They're going to get this job done, but uh, maybe the, uh, the end can't quite come soon enough. OK, William, that was a bit like our season. It, it sort of deteriorated and it looked like Zebra were going to win that in the end. Sorry, the final score being Connacht 22, Zebra 20. Well, they held on for the win, but really from the time that uh, Marmion and Carty went off, it got very, very shapeless. Connacht did make some good tackles there at the end. But, uh, yeah, it's a bit like the whole season, lack of consistency. And, yeah, I think they'll be just glad it's done and dusted. But that was poor. It was a poor game of rugby. Zebra are, you know, they've won one game out of 18. Connacht have won nine out of 18 in this competition. But that's one that isn't going to live in the memory for very long, I'm afraid. It was um, very average. And Connacht, again... It's the same same faults we're seeing all the time, and they're going to have to rectify them before next season. They, there's just the, the only thing consistent about them is their lack of consistency. Special presentation to the first ever female leading the way, the first ever female president of Connacht Rugby. She's going to come on up here and give her a warm welcome to Anne Enid. Did two years for all those things. Thanks, Anne. Show your appreciation for Sammy Arnold. The next man, big centre, strongest backs ever to the race, the pitch. Came off the bench in 2016, Pro 12 final, made 49 caps. Let's hear it for Peter Rob. The next player up, unfortunately, he's a know how to retire 12 months ago, but came back with us tonight. He's a local boy, finally getting the send off he deserves. One more time, let's hear for Shawnee O'Brien. New Zealand straight after the Pro 12 win. Uh, you earned 72 caps in all. It was a regular size and tight head prop. Put your hands together for Dominic Robertson McCoy. <laughs> now we go on to our three centurions. 
First up is a great guy, called Cognitive Home since 2013, 118 caps, Old Masterson. <laughs> the next player, joined the Academy as a cherub-faced 18-year-old way back in 2012, leads the club 10 years later with 19 early caps, 126 appearance, and on his day, and still one of the best locks in the country. Show your appreciation, Rosie Duran! Number 19. And now we got to talk to him earlier, but the microphone didn't work properly, and we got, but he's a good looking man. All you have to do is look at and appreciate him. He's here, you automatically think of the Pro 12 final, you think of Matt Healy and his try. Uh, he's one of the 50 or 558 tries he scored for Connacht, I'm sure. Making him Connacht's all-time uh, top try scorer, uh, 151 caps. Ladies and gentlemen, finally put your hands together for the great Matt Healy. I'm on the uh, pitch with Andy Friend, which is a great thing to be able to say. Before we talk about anything else, Andy, to see the crowd here. I was at an end-of-season game last year against the Ospreys. I think it was last year. I've lost track of the years. Yeah. Where there was just, obviously, COVID protocol, no one here. So I guess that's a starting point. It's lovely to be able to give players the right send-off. Uh, it really is, man. That's one of the things we've missed, Rob. Rob. So, um, yeah, great to see. Uh, great to see a lot of supporters still here, you know, sending off the 12 men that we're sending off in... Um, in such a positive way and, and you know, they deserve that and the players that have over the last couple of years that have missed that they've deserved that too so it's nice to have that back One thing I heard on the pitch was when Sammy Elo was on it was Owen Masterson's voice in that last scrum that was roaring him on and it was nearly making me emotional in the commentary because we, we all remember what Owen has done here over the last eight or nine years and to hear him to the very end encouraging his players there are some incredible characters in this group What's it like to say say goodbye to players like that? Yeah, it's tough, mate. Like, yeah, you've got Owen, you've got Alton Delan, Matt Healy. Oh, you can go through them all. They, they all add something. They bring something special. And um, it is hard. And, and Owen has been a leader for the whole time I've been here, on and off the football field. Uh, yeah, so he, he's he's one of one of 12 that is leaving. Uh, and they all bring something very special. And, and they all bring th- something that we're going to miss. And you've coached in a lot of different places. What is the sports ground crowd... What makes them different than other other grounds? I, I just think it's the closeness we have with them, and and you know we talk about community, but they are we are part of their community, they're part of our community. I think that's really special. Um, yeah, there's just there's a warmth and there's a, a genuineness and a and an authenticity around their support, and, and and also the way I think that we interact with them. So it's really special. Look, I'm sure you're sick of being asked to sum up the season because it's one of the hardest seasons to sum up. But today wasn't the way he wanted to finish, I'd say, performance-wise. Result-wise, though, it'll do the job. Yeah, but that summed up our season, <laughs> yeah, didn't it? Yeah. It was so frustrating. Like, you know, some brilliant bits, but then some bits that you look at it and you think, what the heck are we doing, you know? Um, but that's the season we've had, mate. And if we needed a game to depict the way we played all year, that was it there. Look, it is. It is that kind of campaign. I mean, I was looking back at one of our McNulty's uh, last starts here was against Dad and a huge night where Connick won. And that was only a few weeks on from Ulster. But at the same time, we all know those home games that you really regret now. The Dragons, the Glasgow game. They're the ones that are really sticking to mind. Yeah, they do. The, you know, those, those performances, our Edinburgh performance away. Um, yeah, we've had too many performances that we could have, would have and should have and we didn't. So, you know, and again there, like... 
Yeah, we shouldn't be giving teams life, but we do. We give them life, and it's, it's our own doing that gives them life in terms of the errors we make or the way that, you know, the options that we take. We had them on the ropes at 24 minutes, 17-3, all momentum going our way, and then we start to play loose footy. And all of a sudden, they come back in, and then we go into the break, 17-8. We come out, we get another score, right at 22-8. We can kick away from here, but we choose not to. So, you know, we've got to become, we've got to grow up as a footy team and, and, and that's the biggest thing. Did the new players coming in help you do that? Did they solve some of the problems? Yeah, there's definitely some, some experience coming in and, and some professionalism coming in, which I think is going to really help us. But it's up to the boys that are here and, and, and that we're keeping that, you know, again, they need to step up now too. We all do as a, as a collective, as, as a coaching staff, as a, as a playing staff, as a head coach, we all just need to we need to step up and take it to a new level next year, and that's the intention. Two, three weeks into preseason, are you going to be looking for some signs that things have changed? Is that your way of thinking about this? You're looking for a fresh start. I'll know from the minute they walk back in here after preseason how we're looking. Um, what we can't do is is go away and switch off and and have five weeks off and come back and try and start to. Yeah, or, or start to try, or try to start to get the season rolling. The week we come back in, that's got to start. I'm more than happy for people to have two or two or three, or maybe probably two weeks off, and then your professional football. I keep saying it was a bit like brushing your teeth. You don't stop brushing your teeth because you go on holiday. You got to keep working. So that's their job. They got to keep working and. We'll see when they come back in how, how serious they are about that. This is just a curiosity question to finish, but what happens with the players who are on the fringe of the Ireland team who've been involved in the Irish camp? How do they keep their, themselves ticking over? Well, they need to know who they are first, so you know, hopefully we'll get, we'll get some, uh, we'll get some uh, information about who, who they're looking at. Um, and then you know, we're going to train for the next week and a bit. Right. Yeah, and then uh, we'll, we'll exit our exiting players on Wednesday officially. Mm-hmm. And everyone else will, will keep training until, um, I think it's the 30, 31st of May. And then anyone that's been tapped on the shoulder, we'll keep them going until the, the 13th of May where there's going to be a, an Irish June, camp. Yeah. The 30th of June, sorry, there'll be, a, there'll be an Irish camp. So that's the intention there. Andy, final question then. Is this team capable of top eight rugby? They're not there this year and that was the target. Do you feel you have a squad next year to make them in? Yeah, I really do. You know, and we've shown this year we can play the footy that can, that can hurt teams with the ball and we can stop teams without the ball, but we've been too inconsistent with that. So it is definitely there within our grasp. We've just got to be the team that then delivers that on a more consistent basis. So um, I'll give us a... Well, we get a pass mark just because we've scored 50... or we've had 50% success rate, so we'll give ourselves a, a pass mark of 50%. We've got a bit of growth to do. When you look back now... How disappointed are you in, the, in, the, in terms of your expectations? Yeah, I am disappointed because, um, as I said, we, we've seen the good things that we can do. And, and then, you know, if, if we never produced any good footy, you'd say, well, we're just not a good footy team. Well, we are. So the expectations are, well, because most, most of the areas we make are controllable. So the expectation is control the controllables and, and let's stay being a good footy team. But we, we choose not to. So that then brings frustration. And... And, you know, based uh, to answer your question, my expectation is that we're more accurate and we have better control more often. So I do get frustrated. OK, but when you look at, okay, look at your squad, is it, is, it, is it part of the fact that you have a squad that you probably have at least 15 to 20 who you would say really good players, but your, your squad 
as you go further down towards the you know the 30th or 35th is not quite where you want them to be yeah but that's you know that, that's what we've got you know so that's that's not a crutch that's just that's just what we've got. That's an opportunity for them to grow and for us to grow. So, yeah, so we've got to look at ourselves in terms of how we're leading them and how we're coaching them and how we're guiding them to be better. Um, and there's definitely growth in that area too. So, uh, yeah, that, but that's, that's who we are here at Connet Rugby. That's, that's what we've got. You know, we, we don't have the budgets of others, but that, that shouldn't stop us. We've seen that previously. There's no way you win a, a Pro 12 as it was back then. Very similar situation. Um, yeah, you need a bit of luck with it, and our, our luck will come, but um, yeah, we're not going to sit here and say we haven't got the squad and we, we need this, we need that. We've got the players that can be there. Just got to be better at doing it. So when you say, when you look back to that, say that, that, that Pro 12 as it was then when, what is the difference between that squad, as you said, it wasn't the best squad, but it could win. What was the difference between that there and now that the squad you have? Well, I wasn't here, but I've watched the games and, and uh, I said you need a little bit of luck and momentum went their way too with things. Um, you know, and, I, and Pat and his coaching group did, a, did an amazing job. Um, you know, and that's what we're trying to emulate. Not exactly what they did in their own little way, as is the other 15 teams in the competition. Everyone wants to win the thing. Um, so, you know, so we're trying to play a brand of footy that's a little bit different. I think some of that worked this year. Some of it, upon reflection, we go back and say, OK, well... It possibly gives us too many opportunities to opposition if we don't get that right. So we'll come out next year with a with a style that we think will help us. I think a 4G pitch out here is going to be really beneficial for us because to me that suits the game game style we want to play and suits the uh, the playing squad that we've got. So yeah, those things will help us. Another year playing this style of football is going to help us. Um, and. Let's wait and see what next year brings. Okay, I don't want to harp on about the squad that you have, but you know, you talk about the game that suits you, and that's fine. But when you come up against like big packs and the big forward men and the physicality, where where do you believe you'll stand at the moment? There are bigger teams. Let's be honest. There's bigger teams than us. But um, as I said that that's a style. Uh, so we need to we need to be smart with that. We need to not try and get in those arm wrestles. But if we get in the arm wrestles. We need to know that our systems are good enough to hold them. and uh, But then we need to go back to our style, which is probably going to move them around a little bit more. So, yeah, listen, we're not going to be the biggest squad. We aren't this year. We're not going to be next year. But hopefully we're the quickest squad and hopefully we're the most skillful squad and uh, our, our game style can can do damage to opposition. So you're happy taking a break. What is the next few weeks in store for you? Well, we'll have a, we'll have a break uh, in about 10 days' time. Yep. And then... Uh, I'll be in the motorhome with Kez and we'll be travelling this beautiful country having a few wines, a few whiskies, a few beers, jumping on a mountain bike every other day or a road bike every other day, doing some bushwalks and, and seeing this great country, then come back refreshed and ready to go. Sounds like you have a TV series there. <laughs> You'll be doing hard press following me. <laughs> a podcast, perhaps. Who knows? Thanks, guys. Thanks for your help and support too. Welcome back to the Clan Terrace. That was Andy Friend. Uh, we're going to hear from Alton Delan and Owen Masterson. Um, do we go Keen straight? Keen Prendergast. Keen Prendergast interview as well. Yeah. Williams, I just did one interview. Yeah, but that's because you don't have the contacts that William has. He does all even the work. Even though they're exactly the same contacts, you don't have the ones he has. Here we are. Let's listen to all three of them. It'll give us a chance to say for a play to Alton Delan. He's just walking out. The last of the interviews will be Alton Delan. Before that... Owen Masterson, we'll start 
with the man who was named Fans Player of the Year this year, Keen Prendergast, speaking with William Davis, the busiest man on the pitch. Keen, that was maybe a bit tougher at the end than everybody expected because 60 minutes, it was a kind of a cruise and then it got, it got tight. Yeah, look, um, I think... Um, we didn't stick to our game plan. Um, we tried to do fancy stuff by ourselves and try to win the game by ourselves and get moments by ourselves. And that's just not what Pete's asked us to do. And look, it's, it's on us that we've got to get better next season with that kind of stuff and close out games because with the team we want to be, we've got to be able to close out games like that and win by multiple scores because that really wasn't acceptable towards the end. Yeah, the issue this season probably has been... Um you know, maybe not enough bonus points at times and not closing out games. Uh, is that a mindset thing or concentration? What, what are you putting it down to? Look, I think it's part of our growth as a group. Um, like, it's like I think people are yet to realise that this coaching staff is relatively... It's actually basically new because everyone's in different roles except for friendly. So we're still learning about each other. We're still learning. The group is changing completely next year as well. So, look, it's part of our growth and... And we're, we're going to aim to fix that in pre-season and go from there and hopefully have a more successful season and push for, push for things we want to push for next year. You played a lot of rugby this season. You've started a lot of games. But today you were playing at eight. Uh, is that something that you're looking to do? Or was that an experiment because of just a couple of knocks? Yeah, look, um, I'll play wherever I'm picked. But to be honest, what happened was Jared, was Jared was meant to play. Jared picked up an injury in training on Thursday, so he couldn't play. So the back row had to shift. Um, so that's literally what happened. Um, so look, it's it's not something that everyone's like. It's not everyone thinks it's a master plan that it's happening. It just literally happened. So um, look, it's another thing that I can add to my CV that I can play number eight. But um, I'm still learning that position. I'm still learning my position at the moment. So look, um, I'll play wherever I'm picked. But is it how different a position is it? Because uh, there was one period, in the, in one issue, scrum in the first half. You've been driven back. You picked it up drove through and got round and I thought okay that's real number eight play it was it was pretty it, it's a it's a different game isn't it yeah look it's um yeah look number eight is it's a, it's a bit more you're a bit more involved in the action like six you're probably a bit more patient defensively you're out wider you're out wider in attack so you got to be a bit more patient whereas number eight you're kind of in the thick of it all the time so um yeah look it, it's it's different in that sense but at the end of the day rugby's rugby and it's still 15 players like and I'm still a forward so we all have the same role Ireland are going to New Zealand. Um, they're playing five games. They're going to be bringing a very big squad. Do you think you have a chance of getting in there maybe? Do you expect the call to come up to what will be a very, very big camp, especially as Leinster have the Champions Cup final? There's, would that be something that might be on the horizon? Yeah, look, I haven't really thought about it. Um, to be honest, I, like it'll be a privilege. Anytime like, anyone is asked to go into a camp or even just appear in a squad is a privilege. But look... Whatever happens, happens. I haven't really given it much thought. Um, I've just, I've just been delighted with this season that I've got a run of games. I haven't been delighted with the results, but it's been great to get game time and and experience pro rugby for a full year. What will you do now? How long do you you'll, you'll be doing reviews? Then you get you, how much time off are you getting? I hear the season's starting a bit earlier next year. Yeah, look, um, I think we have a season review next week, um, and then little bits of training here and there um, but I think we'll be back mid-July um, striving like for Alton at the mouth to go I think the group is is really is really looking to go forward the coaching staff's hungry the players are hungry and we really want to improve because at the moment we're not where we want to be or need to be How's your head? What are you thinking? It's it's such an emotional day for, for everybody here we've just seen the, the players get in their presentations the fans waiting back to talk to players 
Yeah, I'm uh, holding it together a lot better than I thought I would. It's, um, I've obviously known for a long time. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm just very, very grateful for the chance to play today. Not everyone even got the chance. Got to play alongside my brother. And, uh, yeah, still just about keeping it together. But, um, no, look, I'm so grateful for the experiences I've had for the last nine years. Um, achieved a lot of what I wanted to do probably more that I didn't achieve that I wanted to do and um, yeah just looking forward to what's next which I don't know what's next but I'm excited for whatever it is Well I saw you make your debut because I've been trekking up here a long long time and uh, we've chatted many many times and um, it's just I suppose these things happen but is the challenges going ahead is is that something that keeps you going is you're thinking there's something new coming down the horizon now yeah, um, my journey in professional rugby has been different and uh, I'm very proud of it. I'm proud to come from Portlaoise. I'm proud of my connections to the West. I feel, I feel like I'm a Portlaoise man, but I'm a Connacht, sorry, I'm a, I'm a Connacht man as well. And uh, wherever I go, I'm going to come back here and... Uh, yeah, like, as I said, it's, it's been a windy road for me to be a professional player. Um, and I hope at the end of my career, whenever that is, that uh, I'll have an, another windy chapter to add. I still see myself um, playing at the highest level. Some people probably say I'm a bit delusional, but uh, yeah, I, I'm just excited to embrace whatever's next. Getting married in August, I have the most unbelievable support, supportive fiancé ever, and... Uh, we're, we're just excited for what's next, and uh, yeah, I can't wait. And hopefully, add another funny, curvy chapter to to this rugby journey. It's it's been a privilege. I, uh, I've I've loved looking back. I love the experience. Obviously, there's been hard days. There's been terrible performances and results, but it's all experience. It's all and when you look back on it all, it's it's really nice. Oh, well, I'm going to let you go. It's been an absolute privilege to watch you. And it's been a privilege to talk to you on many occasions. I hope everything works out really well for you, and I hope we do see you back here. Thank you very much, William. Thank you. You will. Alton, it all ended about maybe half an hour ago. The referee's whistle went. There's been the presentation. The ground is emptying out. What's what's in your head at the moment? Um, a, a bit of a surreal feeling that it, that it's finished for me. Finished for now, certainly. Um, but just... Uh, I'm, I suppose I'm just, I've just been reflecting on such amazing memories I've had here over the last 10 years, um, seeing so many people from my family and, and uh, Trilly, ex, ex-rugby Trilly players I played with like 11 years ago all come up. It kind of brings it all in of how, how much, um, I suppose, how, how, much, how much memories, how much time I spent here. Um, but uh, the, the positives certainly outweigh the negatives. Um, so, so it's very sad to, to be leaving. It's difficult when when something like this happens, but there's a new chapter for you to open. But what are the memories of here, and and, and how special is this place? It is different. I mean, I go to a lot of rugby grounds all over the place, and I talk to a lot of teams. But there's something a little bit special about the sports ground. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's a the dog track, the sandy, uh, <laughs> the sandy ring around the pitch, the the humbleness of the clan stand and the main stand, and and all that. And when when it comes to to special occasions, certainly derby matches or or Champions Cup, it just comes alive. It's 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 
it's been un- it's been unbelievable to 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 have the chance to play in all of those occasions and, and certainly come out on the good ends of them. But um, yeah, it's it's hard to put into words without getting emotional of how how much this place means to me, and and I suppose anyone else that's been here for 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 a number of years. Um, yeah, so it'll be missed. Well, you will be missed. We wish you well. I hope everything goes well for you in the future, and we might see you back here at some stage. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Thanks, William. We're off for pints soon. Uh, Lindley McKenzie's finishing her article up there. We'll have her back on the pod in the end of season wrap. But we'll leave her finish her article. William Davis, those were emotional interviews. And that was just you crying. Yeah, it was. To talk to Owen Masterson, I'm pretty certain I saw him and Alton Deland make their debuts here anyway. I don't know if they started away. But, I mean, look, the amount of rugby you watch, two key players... um, you know, when came back from that injury, that's one of the worst things I've ever seen on a rugby field. It happened straight in front of me in Zebra, mm-hmm. and it was hideous at the time. And you thought, well, he'll do well to come back from that. But he came back. He's had a very good career. He wants to go on and play somewhere else. Alton, Irish international, heartbeat of the team. And I think a new challenge for him. And I think that's something that's important to him. I think he's probably been aware for a while that he needed that. And we'll see how it goes for him. Uh, Owen Masterson has become a contact for many sports players around the country who go through that injury as an exact example at those early stages of a guy you want to ring. Uh, we all think, and we said in the podcast during the week in our end of season wrap, Dave, you were on that with, with Packy and Danny, that we think Owen's going to be a coach. He thinks he wants to get into coaching one day, but for now he still wants to play. And uh, yeah, Alton Delan, some great stories on that podcast if you haven't heard from it. Part one of our season wrap. Uh, he had some great stories on Alton Delan and look we all have great memories of both players because they're part of our championship winning side and our greatest ever season they certainly were and, and you know for me it was Owen after we beat Munster in Thoman Park for the first time ever and I ran down into the tunnel underneath and Owen sort of went by and I said oh no any chance of an interview and he went I'll be back in a minute and he left and I went oh ok that's the end of that one minute later Owen came back out and gave me a brilliant interview and I was like oh my god that's brilliant what a legend but three weeks later or a little while later we were playing in Newport now whether it was later that season or the following season and we just sort of rocked up and Owen turned around and he looked and went hi I went oh hi Al how are you doing I went wow that's impressive this is like, yeah. that, that's the, the level of detail he had off the field which he also portrayed on the field and was, was going to be you know possibly player of the season that year and the championship year before that horrible injury Dave yeah your thoughts before we move well I hate moving that why would we move on from this talk to me though oh, it's, I mean it's, it's emotional it's emotional and the players are emotional and some are moving on because they want to move on some are moving on because there just isn't a place for them next season and it was nice in but they were all there I think we have to mention is that one we weren't expecting we knew the guys that were leaving we weren't expecting Sean O'Brien because I was talking to Sean oh, in a presentation a, of him yeah, uh, I, I was speaking to Sean uh, a couple of weeks ago in a non-rugby context and uh, I mentioned about there were stories about what's going to happen at a special event that may or may not be coming up over the next week or so and he didn't know about it so I didn't expect to see him tonight it's great that they got a chance to send him off as well I wish every one of those guys well I wish them great luck in their future success but there is something about Alton there is something about Owen that you want them to go really really well and maybe in your optimistic sense they may especially with Owen 
he may come back here. He may come back as a coach in some context. It's, it's, it's an unknown. It's an imponderable. But it's something he'd like, love to see. Listeners heard me talking to Andy Friend there. I'm referencing specific, specifically an own master since final scrum for Connacht. It was his voice that was roaring at Sam Elo, that he was behind him, that right at the very end he was being the leader he always was. Lads, I'm going to ask you to do something that you're going to be grumpy about, but I want to do it because this is our final podcast of the season and I want to wrap this podcast up out on the pitch. Was well, final podcast at the at a game podcast? Final game podcast. Oh, so it's our final game podcast. I'm going to drag you all out on the pitch because we're going to stand on the pitch because we're allowed to stand on the pitch because it's the last time we'll ever get to do this when oh, it's a grass right, pitch. So let's do it. Okay, so we're walking down on the pitch, and that's a chance for me to tell you that Connacht won 22-20 with four tries. One try from uh, Kieran Marmion to start the game. Niall Murray got the other one. I don't know. Did you guys catch? Alan, did you catch Keen Prendergast's little show and go for that? That was amazing. No, I And we had a brilliant view. Oh, it was... He totally threw the dummy. And then, obviously, we got to try from Owen Masterson, which is a beautiful way to cap his final game in a conic jersey. Finishing then. Let's get on the pitch. We're on the pitch. No one's shouting at us. It doesn't matter. Final try then from John Porter. had a great game. Yeah, John Porter had a big game. Um, showed what he can do in open play and just got, you know, he got stuck in it was a very what can you say about that performance it was quite poor at times and they managed to get the win but it's done and dusted but John Porch I thought had a really good game Cian Prendergast was man of the match um, you know whether you agree with man of the match or not but I thought he had another massive massive game at number 8 that fella's going to go a long way he certainly is fully agree can, can we are you talking about the hill there can we actually see the hill when we're out here there is a yeah, 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 it, go, yeah. it goes in the complete opposite direction that every South African thinks it goes in True, but it, but it's there. There's a bump down the corner. I always knew that yeah, bump was there. No, it's definitely a hill. If we were to walk Over down, more end, right corner. we're standing just. Uh, we're standing at the um, college road end of the, or just inside the college road half, and there's definitely a, an upslope. <laughs> upslope indeed. And you better believe Eric Elwood, Jack Carty, and many players either side of those great out halves know exactly how to utilise those uh, in the right way. Dave has left. He's going to come back. I think he's going to help Lindley out there with something which is no harm. Uh, Okay, so to finish, it's nice to stand here. It's going to be a totally different place next year. I presume on a 4G service, they'll get rid of any bumps. Yeah, I think it'll be very level. Uh, this ground has been here since uh, the early 1930s, so it's nearly 100 years old. It's a phenomenal surface. Uh, no matter how much rain falls uh, in this part of the world, and we get plenty of it, this surface, this, this place to play rugby on, on grass is phenomenal. And That's why it's such a shame in one sense. It is. I don't like artificial surfaces, but there they are. Um, but this is where we are. Um, and this is the last time we'll see a game on this grass surface. Uh, and we'll see next season. It'll, it'll look totally different. It'll be a different colour green as well. I hope it's not quite as bright as the one in Glasgow, which is eye-wateringly green. Um, and it's, it's, it's a unique moment. And, and when that sod turning happens which will be very soon I'm told uh, that'll be the start of the redevelopment of this ground uh, and the you know what what what, they, what Connacht hope will be the next stage of their um, growth my first memory is being like I think it was about six come and see our, our Connacht play Fiji I was at that game so was I yeah but I wasn't six <laughs> <laughs> but it's still a long time ago even for, for anyone well, I, I first came here when I was 10 to see Connacht play in New Zealand that was in 1974, so um, that's a long time, and uh, it didn't look anything like this, no. I can tell you, but the grass was still the same grass. Yeah, I got here in 1997, first game I saw here, there was only 
three steps on the three clan side. Yeah. There was a wooden scoreboard, yeah. which was manned by one of the leaders at the time, I believe. It might have been Greg. Um, there was a wooden stand on the far side, and I was standing there, and I hadn't been, I hadn't joined any rugby club. I'd only been here about four or five months, and I was standing there going, I suppose I better shout for Leinster. That's where I'm from originally. And then three lads come around wearing their camel skin and their scarves thrown across their neck going, come on, let's try to show these muckers how to play. And I went, OK, come on, Connacht, come on. <laughs> Is that the one we scored two late tries or something? Well, exactly. It was, the sun was shining, it was a beautiful day, Leinster scored three or four tries, and I went, oh God, what have I done to myself? And then it started to rain, and Connacht won, and I thought, well, I've picked oh. the right team. Well, come back. There was another comeback like that when Mike Ruddock was coaching them, and Mike Ruddock was right beside me when I was roaring in the uh, terraces. Dave, any, any, what's your most special memory at this venue? Oh God, Jesus! Um, let's think. It's the Glasgow semi-final. Yeah, that's huge. I think I'm going to go for that. Yeah. But also, I do think the 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 Harlequins game, where we, which was our first win in the Champions Cup, which was uh, our first win in 14 games, and which will be indelibly linked in my head because it's the only time because Chris Robshaw was so had put so much energy in and was and it had been a horrible night that he left his body imprint on a chair in the old press room. Today will be a memory as well because, as I say, the fans were here. And I think, yeah, those were the big ones. But, yeah. And also, the last one we had was John Mull's last game. That was a big one. (laughs) That was a brilliant one. The conversion. Oh, they haven't got over it. Right, finish on this. This place is going to look a lot different, let's say in five years, because we don't know the exact timeline. COVID's disrupted. We know one... In one short span of a summer, it's going to look a hell of a lot different anyways with the pitch and floodlights changing coming as well. But the, the objective, though, is we'll, you and all four of us, hopefully, please God, will be standing here in a couple of years' time and we'll be walking, looking around a very different venue. Yeah, we will be. Um, it's, it's a unique place, the way it's set up at the moment. Um, Steve Borthwick uh, <laughs> from Leicester Head Coach talked about it, what it meant to him to come here. Uh, and the fact that when you listen in to the South Africans' television commentary, uh, they know the history of it and they know that it is unique and it is different. And that is um, something that Connacht need to be very proud of. They need to try to guard as much of that as they can when the changes come. Uh, the atmosphere here when this place is going uh, on a night game when it really matters is something else. The noise um, is unique and I hope that is uh, something that we, we continue to have. But the steps are ready to go. The pitch is the first thing, then the training facilities, then it'll roll on from there. It'll be a long project. I'm sure there'll be... Um, Things that will will tax everybody, especially when they're if they try to play all their games here uh, while it's going on. But it, it is the future, and the future it, it has to happen. Alan, I found a podcast with the late Leighton Turner on it, oh, yeah. with Packy and myself and yourself mm-hmm. from 2010 in in town where we talked about the new design for the sports grandstand and how long overdue it was I found it I'm going to dig it up and we'll have to oh, play it during yeah. the summer yeah I'll have to go back and look at 2010 yeah I might dig it up and see if I can Do, pop it into this because, yeah. because some of the things we talked about it's just, it's just really interesting and it's just we've been we've been waiting for a long time and even though it's a long journey ahead of us in terms of redevelopment and even though there are nerves you might lose certain bits thank god it's happening in a way, thank God it's happening. Yeah, I, I love the fact that, you know, I think one of the reasons that it has that bounce that William was talking about is that, you know, everybody stands. 
And when you're standing, it's your voice travels yes. better. Everything you've got more energy. You, know. you have more energy, and you can move around. And there's this, 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 it's just more vibrant than sitting. Mm. I think when you're sitting, you're there to be entertained. When you're standing, you're there to support. Mm. And that's the bit that I'm going to miss whenever they do knock down this brilliant little stand that we have here in the clan stand. Well, their hope is the terrace in front of the stand will keep that atmosphere and that's where all the noise will come from and of course there's going to be a vast terrace on the other side that I'm on. Dave, final thoughts? Yeah. I wish there, there, there should be something. There should be something before everything is done where people can come in and just just do this, just wander around. I mean, I've never been on the beach. I've, I, that's my, why I wanted to do this. Yeah, I, they should be able to do, everybody can. The little kids will always say I, I was on the pitch and because we saw it even the minis came back tonight were brilliant I think if we get a chance that everybody can come here and just have a walk around and just see it and just take it in and because it will change and it will be different I mean it'll be different but good as I think from some grounds in this country which are different but bad I hope that we go that we do it in a way and I, I will pick out this one ground I thought we go in a way that's Ravenhill where it is modern it is it is it is it is, it is, it is designed to as for almost I'd use the words a customer experience but, but yes. my god yeah, once the whistle goes it's still a huge terrace it's a huge terrace and I'd love it through that we modernise it in a way that kind of to mention Steve Bortwick Leicester did I love that stadium even though there was a giant pole right in front of us we can avoid that but yeah give give everybody a chance to just walk around and experience this online like, when it's empty and it's, 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 it's eerie but it's just magnificent beautiful let's finish on that uh yeah, we'll be no, back here. I want something to finish on. The most exciting thing for me today was watching Bundy's little kid who he'd left. He had to go and get involved in the clapping the guys off and give them something. And his little daughter's been running around. At various points, people were picking her up and having her, and various players were picking her up. And she obviously knew these guys because she was very comfortable with them. But Andy was being interviewed by RTE and she was slowly but surely making her way down <laughs> to the thing. And she almost got there when someone grabbed her and brought her back to bring her back. And I was like, I was just cheering around. I was just going, oh, go on, it'll be so good but uh, it was brilliant it was great to see and it was great to see the players you know big rugby players who've just been hammering around the rugby field get a little kid and just, just pass her around as if she was just just this little toy and they were just checking to see where Bundy was and Bundy was quite happy for her yeah. and she seemed so comfortable with them all so well done lads yeah that's yeah. lovely good way to finish alright uh, Dave's memory was uh, Glasgow semi-final which got us to the final when we like throw that in there as a little clip to finish on because what a moment that was in the sports ground the last few seconds of Connick beating Glasgow for the second time in as many weeks to get to the final that Glasgow were meant to be in and who know, we all know what happened after that 20 seconds left Connick have the ball